I'm Dave Cornway. And I'm Ryan Hasman. And you're listening to the Dave Berta Podcast. We're recording this episode on Thursday, December 21st. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Alberta Party leadership race. There's actually someone running for it now. Then we'll touch briefly, very briefly, on the Calgary Lougheed by-election. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm really not sure there's much more to say about it, but we'll, we'll say some things. Uh, and then the Dave Berta Best of Alberta Politics 2017 survey results are in. Some, we have some interesting topics to discuss. Uh, aggregating both rounds of the survey, we had over 1,200 respondents, which is incredible. So we'll do a uh, we'll do a dive into that, and we'll share our predictions for what's on the political horizon in Alberta in 2018. But before we get to any of that, let's kick things off with a bit of hot gossip from the Alberta Legislature. Ryan, start us off. Thank you, Dave. Uh, I just want to encourage everybody once again to please send us all of your great juice because uh, we want to be your source for this. Now, I guess uh, the thing that I want to talk about first of all. And I'm almost hesitant to bring it up. I feel like we are giving them more attention than they're earning on their own. But when we talk about this Alberta party race, I think what's more interesting than who's running for this leadership race is who is not running for this leadership race. So um, let me just list off the list of people that I'm aware of who are confirmed in, confirmed out, and confirmed maybes, or I guess unconfirmed maybes. So out. There's this gentleman who I I would have thought would have made a good candidate for the job. His name is Greg Clark. He's an MLA from Calgary. He has announced that he is out. Further to that, Ryan Jesperson is out. Now, on my maybe list, um, people who have not actually said no, we have names like Stephen Mandel. We have Thomas Lukasik. We have Catherine O'Neill. Down in Calgary, and I'm, I always struggle with his last name, but Chima, formerly from Nenshi's office. How do you say it, Dave, to put you on the spot? I think it's uh, Nick and, and I believe he just last week, or, or no, earlier this, this week, uh, resi- is announced he's going to be resigning as chief of staff to take a job in the private sector. Interesting. Which, which does not sound promising to put him, if, you wanted, if, you, if you're you know, an advocate of putting him in the yes running category. And of course, Mayor Nenshi, although I don't believe that for a second, but he's one of those names. Now... The other names that I'm interested in are, what about Adam Rosenhart and Dave Cornouillet? Any interest there, guys? I, I, I hear that Adam Rosenhart guy is a real up-and-comer. I hate you guys. So that's a no. He would be out. Dave is being uh, conspicuously vague. I, I'm waiting for the draft Dave Cornouillet campaign. So seriously, though, there is a, uh, I assume, young lawyer. I've seen a picture of her. I actually don't know her age. But Kara Levy. Is that how you say the last name? I think it's Levis. See, I took French immersion, so... I oh, it, s- might, it might be Levy. I don't know if she's French I think or it's not. Levy, but then again, how do you say your last name? Cornoyer. Okay, so you say it the French way. So, <laughs> Kara, we'd love to speak to you. Um, I'm afraid I don't know a lot more. I know you work at TransCanada. You're involved in a Liberal Party of Canada Women's Council. I'm sorry, I'm totally the, choking. I think it's the, the National Women's Commission. Okay. And beyond that, I'm afraid I don't know a lot about you. So, in all seriousness, we, we will... Certainly um, give you some airtime, podcast time. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to have you on, uh, on a podcast in the new year. So the Alberta Party is annoying. It is so disproportionately talked about in social media compared to its actual footprint on the ground. And, you know, I maintain that if we went to the auction house in Red Deer or the ice rink in Fort McMurray, 
I don't know how many people even know there is an Alberta party or would support the Alberta party. The other thing that I just cannot believe is the ham-fisted internal maneuvering that somehow got them to the point where just as he was beginning to get some traction, including we're going to get to it later on our poll, Greg Clark is out. And you can't tell me for a second that that was his doing or his idea. What the heck's going on there, Dave? You know, it seemed like... I mean, you'd heard, I'd heard rumors that Greg Clark was being was going to be pushed out or was on the verge of being pushed out for months, but it seemed like, I mean, the, the, the whole thing had been orchestrated, or, orchestrated as if there was someone big or there were a couple big names who were waiting in the wings to step in the moment Greg Clark resigned or announced he was resigning. So Greg Clark resigned and then nothing. More than a month later, it took a month, more than a month for for uh, for Miss Levis to announce that yeah. she was going to run for the nom- run run for the leadership. So it seemed like there was just this, you know, we were told that there was momentum. There were a whole bunch of former Tories moving over to the Alberta Party, uh, and you know, and there were and there you know accomplished political operatives and campaigners who did move over. Um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna under I'm not gonna underestimate them, but I mean, it really just didn't doesn't really look like there's much momentum at all. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it seems like they're kind of struggling to find anybody to run at this point. Yeah, and sorry, I shouldn't say they're annoying. What I mean by that is they get this disproportionate coverage. They're annoying to those of us who are working to build another party who, you know, actually have members on the ground and associations and policies and all the things that political parties have. The Alberta Party, and I, I'm all for big tent and even for moderation and having different voices within. I would prefer to have two parties with a diversity of voices within them. But what is hard for me to wrap my head around is why the Alberta party continues to be such an interesting topic for the, the talking heads, the, the, the us, you know, the Twitterati class. I don't they, they, yeah. I mean, the Alberta party really, I mean, they, they punch above their weight when it comes to me, come to media attention. And I think a lot of credit can be given to Greg Clark about that. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because in, in a lot of ways, the Alberta party of 26, 2015, 2016 and 2017 reminds me of what the NDP used to be like when they were this, this feisty, tiny little opposition that could turn on a dime and act more like an insurgency. You know, they would get a ton of, you know, they'd have two MLAs and they would get a ton of media attention. And I say this as someone who used to work for the used to work for the liberal party when the liberals were an official opposition. Right. It used to annoy the hell out of us yeah. that the NDP would just like. Sometimes they just absolutely pulverize us in terms of media attention. Right. And, you know, we would have like 20 MLAs and they'd have like two. Yeah. And, and they would just be running circles around us. So, I mean, in some ways, I think the, the, the Alberta party is a little bit like that. But the difference, of course, is the NDP was always an ideological party. People knew where they stood. They actually believed in things. They had ideas. The word ideological has somehow become negative. It's not. It means you have a worldview. You, you believe in something? Yeah. Whereas the Alberta party is quite explicitly trying to say... It's not about policy, which we talked about this before. In fact, you know what? I don't want to talk about the Alberta Party. Okay, anymore. let's move on. We, we will have uh, we'll have plenty to talk about the Alberta Party in the new year. Um, oh, good, when, you know, because their leadership race is uh, is February twenty seventh. So I'm sure we'll. Did talk they extend about, it, or is that they extended? did? That's the extended. It was on February seventh originally. Extended it to the twenty seventh. So I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the new year. Do um, you have any gossip for us, Dave? Yeah, I do. Very quickly. Um, this is uh, following up from some gossip that Ryan shared last uh, in the last episode. Federal conservative nominations were opened, and all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of incumbents for incumbents for only. incumbents. Yeah, for incumbents only in Alberta, and all of a sudden, there are a bunch of incumbents being uh, being challenged. Uh, Calgary Forest Lawn, uh, Deepak Obrai, who's a I don't know four or fifth or sixth he's term the dean MP. of the House of Commons. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's or of the caucus. At of least. The, yeah, the Conservative caucus. There's a, there's a 
There's an MP from Quebec who's been around since the 80s who was actually like a Brian Mulroney PC. Wow. Yeah. But Deepak, I believe, was elected in 97. 97 as a reform party. I was in high school and at the U of A as a first year. What were you doing in 97? Uh, I was in grade school at some point. <laughs> I don't even know. I'd have to count. I'm not even sure where I was at the time. I was in grade school. I'm old. Um, so former progressive conservative MLA Mo Amory is challenging Deepak O'Brien for the conservative nomination in Calgary Forest Lawn. In Edmonton, Wetaskiwin, uh, a man by the name of Gordon Francis is challenging Mike Lake. Uh, in Yellowhead, Jim Eglinski, Egg, uh, uh, who is a, I guess you could call him a second-term conservative MP. He ran in a, ran in a by-election in 2014, but then he was re-elected in 2015. Uh, he is being challenged by three uh, three challengers. Um, I'm hope- hoping I can get these names right. Robert Dweaker, who is a principal of the Rocky Christian School in Rocky Mountain House. Uh, Ryan Oderkirk, who works as an executive assistant to Fort McMurray Cold Lake MP David Yerdiga, which is which is going to cause probably cause some interesting uh, awkwardness at uh, at Conservative Party caucus I, meetings for the next few years. And, I feel awkward just having you tell me that. And uh, and Carolyn McKellar uh, of Edson, uh, who. From what I've been able to find out, she's working as a campaign assistant for the Nova Scotia PC party right now, but she's a former uh, EMT from Grand Prairie. Well, it is one of the safest seats in Canadian politics, so I suppose it is a prize. I I cannot believe that a member of Parliament's assistant is challenging a member of Parliament's nomination. I th- we talked about this last week. I don't know really any of the individuals involved, but just theoretically speaking, that to me is... Hard to wrap my head around. And then in Edmonton West, we've discovered that a former progressive conservative MLA, Sohail Quadri, I think is how you pronounce his name, is running for the conservative nomination against incumbent Kelly McCauley. So you guys know that I'm a partisan. I don't hide it. Um, I'm a party guy. I'm also a big Kelly McCauley guy. You hashtag Team Kelly? Yes, absolutely. And I was ranting off off the air. Are we on the air? Whatever the expression is, I was ranting about this. Because Kelly, I cannot put in words how much I believe in Kelly. I think he's the right guy for the job. I think he's done everything in Edmonton and in Ottawa that's asked of him. Kelly goes to everything. Um, the one shot that I'll take at um, his challenger there is if you Google his name, the top maybe two out of five hits you get is for controversies and for cheating and for expense claim stuff. So to the members of Edmonton West, uh, think twice before. This is is the official broadcast from Ryan Hasman. Yes, and I will be phoning each and every one of you to ask you to support Kelly McCauley. Okay, well, in the new year, we will definitely get uh, Ryan's, uh, Ryan's view from the ground in Battleground Edmonton West for the conservative nomination. Well, it's frustrating. You know, these... They should be. It's not that I'm against the concept of being challenged, but if I think of MPs who are not doing a good job, that is not Kelly. Sorry, too many negatives. Kelly is doing a great job. By election, did we want to talk about Jason Kenney's epic stomping of all comers and challengers? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think there's anything uh, really much to say other than Jason Kenney totally crushed his opposition in Calgary Law. He'd winning 71 point. Five or point point five percent of the vote, yep. um, which is a pretty. Uh, I mean, it's a landslide victory. Um, I mean, it, 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 he was expected to win with a huge margin, but this was this was pretty was was pretty crushing. What's in, impressive is that um, he did better than the combined PC Well Rose vote of twenty fifteen. He actually is eight points up on what that vote was. To me, the story, and I'm a partisan, 
is the NDP um, dropped by 15 points, and the Liberals are actually up 4.5 compared to 2015. So um, I don't think it's any secret that the NDP have some work to do in Calgary. You know, we all, no one's surprised at the actual result. But one thing that you and I were talking about, Dave and Adam, too, and actually it was echoed by others, so I think we're on to something here, is I really think that, here's my advice for the New Democrats, and of course I'm sure they'll take it to heart, the way that they feel about Jason Kenney is not the way that normal people feel about Jason Kenney. Like, I understand that they don't like him. You know, there's politicians on the left that get me going too. It's like a bull with a red flag, you know. But he is polarizing in the sense that he makes them lose their mind. And they've created this narrative um, where they think that he is like the embodiment of evil in politics and that if you don't see it that way, you're just not looking hard enough. And I'm not suggesting everybody has to like Jason Kenney or that he's the perfect candidate, but he's very popular. He's battle-tested. He's been through many elections. In fact, he's done four this year, and he crushed them all. So my advice to the New Democrats is to recalibrate their approach. You know, if they're going to continue to just shout from the rooftops that he's the devil, I, I just don't think it's going to be effective. I think it maybe strengthens him because normal voters, persuadable swing voters in the middle, they don't think that about him. They may have concerns. He may have relatability issues or whatever, policy disagreements. But I think that they need to realize not everybody sees him. And to be fair, we said this before, it's it's the same as probably true with Rachel Notley. If you're a partisan conservative, how you think about her is probably not where the average Albertan thinks. I think that's why she was able to win. Um, despite her party, I would say. The voters looked and they said, well, we're not sure about the NDP or whatever, but we're done with the PCs and we know Rachel Notley. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how the New Democrats recalibrate, or if they do. They have, whatever we said last week, 14 months? Yeah, about 14 months till the next election. And we'll see. I mean, when he came on the scene, he just made them all get angry like a hive of bees, and I haven't seen them really change their tone yet. What do you think? Well, I think the I mean I think the NDP need to, uh, especially online, stop t- stop taking the bait. Jason Kenney is is like a really really good at at baiting his opponents and, and his staff and, and his and his staff. We're talking about you, Blaze. You're really good at baiting people uh, into arguments, and I think it's uh, I think you know progressives and New Democrats really need to just not take the bait every time. Even though I think you know it's really hard because they know how to push your buttons. Um, but I think in terms of the Calgary Lougheed by-election, I mean, I think it, I think the NDP do need to recalibrate their their message in Calgary a bit, or their their message at least at least dealing with Kenny. Um, I I I I believe that most Albertans, that Kenny's social conservative views are probably out of step with most Albertans, but that's not what the defining issue is is in Calgary right now. Um, attacking Jason Kenny for being a social conservative, you're gonna you know if you're a New Democrat, you're probably gonna solidify your base, but you're not gonna expand things because. People are concerned about things like jobs and the economy, uh, and the the conservatives have been pounding on that issue and pounding the NDP on that issue. And I think that's something that that should give the NDP some um, some food for thought over the holidays about about if they're going to effectively um, effectively challenge Kenny, especially in Calgary. What message are they going to need to use? And and I think you know there's time to there's time to recalibrate that and and. Uh, and change your message up a little bit. Um, so I think I think Calgary Lougheed, I don't think you know the NDP should be running around freaking out saying the end is nigh uh, over Calgary Lougheed. But I think it's I think they should 
um, take it as an opportunity to to adjust how they approach Kenny and approach the UCP going into the next election because the UCP has its weaknesses, but but you know maybe singling them out and just attacking them on social conservative issues isn't isn't really what's going to do it because yeah. you really you also have to remember you know what what are voters' priorities at the same time and, and right. if the NDP are polling you know polling down in Calgary, why is that? And I don't think it's because you know. The UCP and Jason Kenney have been, you know, have said bad things about GSAs. Well, we're going to get to it later, but our own poll shows the top issues. Yeah, the uh, well, we can do that right now. And I think this kind of illustrates the point we're making. So Dave asked his audience, and can I say this? 910 people voted. Yeah. This is the least skipped question. Yeah. And so the number one this issue... Is, this, is, this is the best of Alberta politics survey, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, I cut ahead. It's, it's the Dave Berta survey. So the top issue... Now, this doesn't say what side of the issue they're on. It just says what the top issue is, was the economy and job. Um, with quite a bit of... So that was 46.48%. The next one up is 33%, which is gay-straight alliances. And the third issue at 21 is oil pipelines. So... Even if you assume that the vote is split, so by GSAs they mean it from the conservative point of view or from the New Democrat point of view, which I don't think is true, but just for argument's sake, back to what we said in episode one, I think two of these issues, the UCP is winning if we're talking about these. And one of these issues, the, the NDP is winning if we're talking about this. And they've already used their ammo in GSAs. What are they going to say? So it's over. We voted. You know, like... How much? How how long of legs do they think that issue has? So GSAs are done. Now let's talk about jobs, the economy, and oil pipelines. And who do you think that helps? Like even if you drill in one more layer down, the the workers who build these pipelines are by and large unionized labor. I mean, these are this shouldn't be. It took the NDP a long time to I think to realize that oil pipelines can be something that they can speak for and it, can it, benefit from. It, it took them like five minutes after being elected to office to right. figure out the pipelines were, were, you know, were a good issue for a government of Alberta. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. the, the, the NDP haven't been, I mean, you have NDP MLAs who've talked about, you know, being opposed to pipelines before they were NDP MLAs um, when they were just students or activists. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the NDP, you know, not least NDP government has been, you know, f- incredibly pro pipeline. Yeah, to the um, point where it causes her issues with the federal party. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a split between the, the federal NDP and the provincial NDP in Alberta, and even the and obviously the 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 BC NDP as well over the Kinder Morgan pipeline. Um, so I think I, I mean I'm not surprised that that uh, you know that I mean gay straight alliances have been a big issue this year. Um, oh, well, over the past couple of years, um, oil pipelines have been a big big topic, and and jobs in the economy. And I think that I think that um, on the economy and jobs. Um, I mean, it's it's no surprise because unemployment rates are higher than higher than they normally are. Uh, the economy isn't as booming as it normally is. Um, though we've seen um, uh, good news from the Conference Board of Canada projecting that that Alberta's economy is going to grow, I think, by six percent this year. So you know, there's even though the price of oil is it seems to be around fifty dollars a barrel, um, from from what I last checked. There's still there's still a lot of people who've been impact who are feeling the impact of the last econ- economic downturn a few years ago, and I think for a lot of people, um, I think one of the challenges is going to be getting used to, if if the price of oil doesn't recover, but the economy generally recovers, is going to be the, a lot of people are going to have have a challenge getting used to what normal economic growth looks like rather than booming oil economy growth, which we saw in Alberta for you know ten or twelve years, which was 
kind of which was unprecedented and which isn't isn't really the norm in terms yeah. of 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 how uh, how the economy grows. Um, but I think one one of the things I think is interesting. I think this might be uh, an example of or an indication that Rachel Notley uh, will be pivoting her message going into the new year. Rachel Notley, in a year in interview with Graham Thompson from Post Media, uh, indicated that or you know gave some indication that in terms of her party's mess, her government's messaging uh, around government policy, you know she's gonna they're gonna communicate try to communicate more about how government policy impacts and their their changes and their agenda impact the kind of the moms and dads of, of the you know of Alberta and P- Graham Thompson suggested it sounded a little bit like like uh, uh, Ralph Klein talking about Henry and 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 Martha. Uh, and I think that's one thing that the NDP haven't necessarily been strong at over the past couple of years is talking about how their policies, they've, they've, they've implemented these big, uh, you know, big, important structural and, and government policy agenda changes, uh, but they haven't necessarily been good at explaining how it's going to benefit individual Albertans. Um, and I go back to, on, 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 I was listening to another podcast uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the Axe Files, David Axelrod's uh, podcast out of the um, School of Politics at Chicago, which is an excellent podcast, and you should listen to it if you get the chance. Uh, but he was interviewing the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Gar- Garcetti, or Garchetti, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I keep on confusing him with the mayor from The from the Wire. Um, Garchetti. No, it's, he's, I don't think he's the same person. Uh, but he was talking about how Democrats in the United States, they've tended to, to their detriment, tended to focus on talking about too much talking about policy and talking about programs rather than talking about people. And I think that's somewhat reflected in this, in this government. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's, it's, I mean, it would be natural for the NDP to talk about people to talk about how they, and and that's something that, that, that should be one of their strengths. And I think is one of their strengths, but something that after they've been in government for the past two years have kind of strayed away from, I mean, I think the, the, you know, one of the big examples was the recent announcement about, uh, solar energy prices in Alberta. How there was a big announcement about how solar energy prices. Alberta was able to get the lowest prices in the country, and it was a great deal for Albertans, and it was a good deal, and it was it was great. And that's all that's all great, but it wasn't really explained in terms of how is that going to impact my electricity bill? How is it going to impact, you know, the moms and dads? So I think in terms of their messaging, I think they need they need to talk a little bit more about that because I think that's where I think really think that's where their strengths are. And when you talk yeah. about things like twenty five dollar a day daycare, that's really where and you know school lunch programs and and things that actually improve improve the lives of Albertans and make things actually actually make things more affordable for people. Yeah. I think that's really what they should focus on in in going into twenty eighteen because I think that actually resonates with people. Well, and I think it's a tactical advantage of the NDP because they can put, you know, the nicer things or the things that are hard to oppose in front of the voter. And they could say, we're the party that wants to subsidize this. We're the party that wants to fund that. And they don't have to worry so much about how it's going to be paid for. It's like the point we made in an earlier show. The conservatives tend to be like your accountant. We're like, well, a new school sounds good, but like, how are we going to pay for it? Whereas the new Democrat, and of course I'm speaking at a higher level, sort of theoretical. But the New Democrat position would be more like, this is too important to worry about how we're going to pay for it. Do you not want to have a school? Do you not want a nurse? You know, so the, this is very much to their tactical advantage to make things real and tangible, to talk not about deficits and economies, but to talk about nurses on the ground and teachers on the ground. So I think if they go back to that, it is to their advantage for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on, our second question of the of the survey 
the Best of Alberta Politics 2017 survey. Uh, the, the second question, the second question we're going to address didn't even actually make it to the second round because an overwhelming majority, well, not an overwhelming majority, but a majority of you, 59%, voted in the first round that the creation of the United Conservative Party of Alberta was the biggest political play of 2017, which I totally agree. I mean, it was a huge political play, and it's something that's going to reshape uh, Alberta politics. I mean, reshaped Alberta politics in 2017 and is going to reshape it in 2018 as well. Yeah, allow me to proclaim some of the depths of accomplishment that this was. So we're actually talking about the second largest political party in the country right now. For example, in St. Albert, I have told you this before, there's a thousand UCP members in one provincial riding. Um, there is far more UCP members than Conservative Party of Canada members. And right now, both parties just had a leadership. This is like if we merged, I'm trying to think of the best analogy, the the Romulans and the, why can't I think of? The, the Klingons? Well, the Klingons, no. I mean the Vulcans. Like, this is two parties that despised each other. That would and be illogical. It was completely illogical. Well, okay, let's let's unpack this. I said right after 2015, it is now illogical not to merge. But are you a Vulcan or a Romulan? I'm a Ferengi. (laughs) These parties despised each other. I'm not talking at the membership level because members in most probably had a membership in both. But the political class, the activists, there's a reason why they were split. And it goes back to the same sort of civil war and the conservative movement that we've had at different manifestations since forever you know it's the red and blue it's the progressive and the populist it's so the other point i'll make is i don't think there was many other politicians who could have done this that have the credibility um you have a guy who in the federal cabinet built his career on doing immigrant outreach and multiculturalism and who's perceived as this right winger i mean that's it's remarkable he could have won the federal leadership so I think that this accomplishment really can't be overstated. And even just at a tactical level, it has changed the calculus. You've now got one conservative party and several parties left of them, either straddling the center line or just completely left wing. I think it's great. I think they should make some more left wing parties. I think Lukasik should relaunch the PC party called the Progressive Canadians. And I'm obviously being facetious, but the point is we have our vote now. So the other guys, it's a zero-sum game. Do they want to split it up? Do they want to pretend like voters should choose between hard left, medium left, centrist left? So I think that it was the accomplishment of the year by far, and I'm glad that our our audience agrees. 59%. So uh, going on to the next category of the survey, we have best opposition MLA of 2017, and that... Honor falls to the man who we talked about earlier in the podcast, who was recently pushed out of his party leadership and had recently announced that he would not run for the leadership again. Greg Clark, Alberta Party MLA for Calgary Elbow. Congratulations, Greg. 50.33% of the 904 people who voted in that category chose you as the best opposition MLA for 2017. And, and uh, I mean, it's I think it's well-deserved, as we mentioned before, Greg Clark punches above his weight in terms of getting his media attention, in terms of getting attention for his party, getting attention for for uh, for his positions, uh, always always in the media. This is the one that I tried to rig. 
for my friend Nathan Cooper. I, and I and 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 I see you failed miserably in terms of your rigging. We cannot we cannot accuse the Russians of having been involved in this. It's almost yeah. like I'm not great at organizing votes, but um, <laughs> you know Nathan. Nathan is a really good person, and I think he did a good job too. Right from day one, as UCP interim leader, he was tested with some pretty some pretty hard hitting politics, and he. He got through it. Uh, he kept that caucus mostly united. I know they lost at least one member during his leadership, but I don't think there was much he could have done about that. Yeah, we should mention this is Nathan Cooper, the UCP MLA for Old Stidsbury Three Hills, who placed third with 19% uh, in this category. And second, uh, second place was David Swan, the Liberal MLA for Calgary Mountain View. I'm not really sure. I understand Dr. Swan is a very nice man. I don't know if I could summarize why he finished second in this poll. Like, what did he do this year? He resigned his leadership, didn't he? Uh, I think he resigned the leadership last year, and he was replaced this year by... And he was resigned the leadership and became interim leader, and then he was replaced by David Kahn. So I know David Swan's been um, been a passionate advocate on healthcare issues, on mental health sp- specifically, uh, a big advocate. Um, also was one of the, I think, the only... Uh, the only um, opposition MLA in 2015 to speak in favor of Bill 6, um, which, I mean, to give to give him credit was totally consistent with his position. He's been advoca- an advocate for farm safety legislation for his entire time in, po- his entire time in politics. And, and I remember I saw him standing on the steps of the legislature talking about, about the need to improve safety for farm workers, and he was getting totally just getting yelled at by the people, by the giant crowd of people. But he stood up there, and uh, you know he was he was uh, true to his convictions, and I think that's that's something that you can say about David Swan is that he's true to his convictions, yeah. and and I think that's why a lot of people respected him, uh, respect him, and and I think that's why he uh, he earned thirty uh, percent of the vote in this uh, in this category. Does he run again next time? I would be surprised if if David Swan ran again. I mean, I don't know if he's announced uh, if he's announced either way, but he's been in MLA since 2004. And uh, I mean, I think I, I assume that David Kahn is going to be looking for a seat in the next election that he could potentially win. And I mean, Calgary Mountain View is elected a liberal for the past uh, past uh, 15 years. Moving on to the next category, we have who was the best cabinet minister of 2017? And this was this was a tight one, folks. Uh, 854 votes in this category, uh, and the winner is David Egan. Congratulations, David Egan, Minister of Education, who won a squeaker with 36.3% of the vote. Uh, coming in second was Sarah Hoffman, Deputy Premier and Minister of Health and Seniors, with 34%, and and uh, closing up in third was Shannon Phillips, Minister of Envir- Environment and Parks, with 29%. So. That was, uh, I mean, you know, David Egan won. This is a first-past-the-post system in the uh, in the second round, so David Egan won, but it was a really, I think it's, you know, important to recognize this was actually a pretty tight race between the three. Watching the votes come in over the past week, um, you know, there was some, you know, sometimes Sarah Hoffman would be, would be in the lead, sometimes David Egan would be in the lead. It was, it was I think it was a pretty pretty tight race, but... Do you I and th- Kyla have, like, a screen on the wall at home, like, real-time? Oh like yeah, CNN it's, it's just like night. the CNN John King with the touch screen. We can open up the st- open up the states Drag and in, voters around. in uh in Coleman County in in uh in Idaho, we have uh you know uh, this many votes. Yeah. We see you voter we, in Riviera Kibar. Yeah, exactly. Um Actually, there's no new Democrats out there who are we kidding, but I think there are a few out there. That's 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 uh that they they voted for Trevor Horn in, in uh They did. They did. Yes, in 2015. I uh, work on my snark. It's it's a bad habit. That's okay. 
so David Egan, um, the opener of new and announcer of new schools and the champion of gay straight alliances in uh, in uh, in Alberta schools, is wins the uh, wins best Alberta cabinet minister of 2017. Congratulations! Congratulations! So to the next category, with 907 votes. 907 of you voted in the who to vote voted to choose who is the up-and-comer to watch in 2018 in Alberta politics and this one this one was a close one too the win though the winner there can only be one winner is uh, David Shepard congratulations David Shepard the NDP MLA for Edmonton Center with 36.4 percent of the vote in a, a close three-way race um, David Shepard edged out um, Rookie, uh, un- uh, little known. R- rookie, untested MLA, uh, Jason Kenny, uh, the UC, the newly elected UCP MLA for Calgary Lougheed, and pay and attention to that name. You yes. might want to remember it. Yeah, he 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 will uh, he'll show up in the legislature next spring as leader of the official opposition. Yeah, he's gonna come in really subtly, like a wrecking ball. And in third place in this category is Jessica Littlewood, the NDP MLA for Fort Saskatchewan, Vegreville. Uh, and I believe she's the also the parliamentary secretary to the Minister of Economic Development, and she's responsible for small business. And, you know, I have to say, in a poll where over 900 people voted, she was right up there with those two. Um, so she must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah, Jessica Littlewood actually placed first in the first round of voting. Um, and then the top three moved on to the second round, which were the results we're reading now. So... Uh, congratulations. Yeah, David Shepard, NDP MLA for Edmonton Center. Uh, someone who I, you know, I've heard, I hear people talk about how hardworking he is, how well-spoken he is. Um, He's prone to wearing bow ties. Prone to wearing bow ties, uh, riding his bike around uh, downtown Edmonton. It's Edmonton he, Center. He it is Edmonton be. Center. He can ride his bicycle to work. So congratulations to uh, to those winners. And so like any good award show, we've saved the best for last. Drum best, roll. Drum best roll. picture or album of the year is always done in the last minutes. So, Dave, tell us who was the best Alberta MLA of 2017? With 863 votes cast, Rachel Notley, the NDP MLA for Edmonton Strathcona and Premier of Alberta, has been voted the best Alberta MLA of 2017. Congratulations, Rachel Notley. Congratulations, Premier. And Who's number would, two? And that was with fifty-two point four percent. So it was a it was a majority. Number two is is someone who was already uh, who was already <laughs> we already talked about earlier, Greg Clark, the Alberta Party MLA for what, Calgary Elbow. What a bum that guy is. They should fire him from his leadership and find someone else. Oh, jeez. So you know the Alberta Party, may, you know, may not want you, Greg, but the the uh, the listeners of this podcast and the readers of uh, of DaveBerta.ca think you're great, Greg. So congratulations, you play second with thirty three percent, thirty three percent, you know, behind the premier. Yeah, it's, that's that's it's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I think if like, you know, Ryan and I were talking about this before we started recording that if if you'd walk on the street and ask the average Albertan of, you know, who, can you name an, an Alberta politician or Alberta MLA, you know, I think most people would have a hard time naming someone who wasn't Rachel Notley or Jason Kenney. Yeah, we you should know. do a Streeters episode. Oh, man. Can we do that, Adam? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Well, Adam let's, let's yes. do it when it's not winter and cold outside. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, we'll wait till the summer. In one of our summer summer podcasts, we'll do a, uh, we'll do a Streeters segment. And then uh, third place in the Who Was the Best MLA of 2017 uh, was another winner of another category, David Shepard, the NDP MLA for Edmonton Center with 14%, 125 votes, uh, congratulations to all of you. Uh, and, um, 
Congratulations. Yeah, and thank you very much for uh, to everyone who voted. And to the winners of Best of Alberta Politics 2017, uh, Ryan and I have prepared uh, fancy... Uh, well, fancy certificates for you that uh, that we would we would be honored to present you or send you. Yes, uh, we'll have our people call your people. Yeah, it's 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 a huge uh, uh, token of, of appreciation and, and and recognition of of what an honor it is that people who fill out the survey have have put upon you. So before we go for not only this episode but for the year, we just wanted to share a couple thoughts about what to watch for in 2018. And for me, the up-and-comer that I want to talk about is the MLA for Chestermere Rocky View, Leela Aher. Everybody just knows her as Leela, kind of like Cher. Uh, Leela is great. She is the deputy leader of the UCP. Uh, despite being a strong supporter of Jason's opponent in the leadership, he na- named her as deputy leader almost immediately. So she's a mother. She's a business person. Um, she's really, honestly, a wonderful person. She's a great singer. She's very warm. She's the type of person that cares about people and staff. And there's been some rough times over there in the last little while. And, you know, she was very emotive and caring with people who had lost their jobs and and the whole bit. Uh, Politically, she's dynamite. You know, she is obviously a woman. She's obviously a visible minority, but she's really effective. And she brings a different voice to the party that sometimes can struggle with having a monolithic appearance. Um... She's elected just just outside of Calgary in a very conservative part of the province. So the thing about Leela, too, that I'll note is she's not really a political animal. You know, she came from a business career, and so she is in politics, but she's not one of those people that you would say has been doing politics since she was in university. So I would say watch for her. A couple other ones that I want to watch. I've heard a little birdie telling me that potentially Jessica Littlewood would be someone they look at promoting. You know, they're probably going to do a cabinet shuffle over between now and March when they're back because it's really it's starting to be election, election footing time. So you've got um, potentially some dead weight that will come out of the cabinet and potentially some new faces will come in, and this is the cabinet that she's going to com- campaign on. The other one that I would point out that I've heard from someone in the riding is there's some rumors that Aaron Babcock and Stony Plain might be up for a new gig. And, you know, certainly I would think David Shepard has earned a, a look anyway. So it'll be interesting to watch what the NDP does as they promote folks and get ready to campaign. Where is their priority going to be? Is it going to be balancing the regions? Is it going to be just loading up on talent and saying forget about regional balance because we're not going to hold all those Calgary seats anyway. I don't know. It'll be interesting for us to watch and lots of fodder for this podcast. One of the MLAs I'm going to be watching in 2018 uh, is currently the um, Minister of Children's Services, Daniel Larravee. I, I think she's, you know, if, if there's going to be a cabinet shuffle coming up in the spring or in the summer, I wouldn't be surprised to see her promoted to a more senior role. Um, she's she's very talented politically. She's a very good speaker. She's passionate. Well, they put her in that role kind of in a crisis situation. Ab- yeah, absolutely. They split. It was, it was uh, I think it was, um, um, if her friend Sabir was, was in it, and they actually split the uh, split the ministries uh, because they were having, there was a bit of a political scandal going on. Uh, and I think she's handled children's services quite well. Uh, I've seen her speak at a couple conferences and a couple events. Uh, and I mean, I'm quite impressed with, with, uh, with how passionate and how, how much of a, how much of a good speaker she is. Like she can really rally a crowd. Really? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her pushed up in the ranks in, uh, in the NDP cabinet going into the next election. She's the MLA for Lesser Slave Lake. Yeah. She was a, um, she's a registered nurse and was a public health nurse up in, oh. up, up north. That's why we like her so much. 
Uh, is she, does she speak French? I have no idea. Well, Dave, that's it for this week, and really, for the year. Yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in to our last episode for the year. We'll be back in January 2018 at some point. Uh, we're just working out when exactly that'll be. So as always, we'd love to hear your feedback or, or answer any questions that you have. You can get us on Twitter, at Dave Berta, or on the Dave Berta Facebook page. Or you can email us at podcast at daveberta.ca. We'd love to thank our producer, Adam Rosenhart, for helping us put this episode together. We hope you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you submit a review. Something complimentary, favorable, and effusive in its praise is always welcome. But seriously, reviews really do help. And we're hoping to get onto the Apple Podcast chart soon. So submit reviews and ratings for us, please. On behalf of Ryan, Adam, and myself, I hope all of you have a very Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you happen to celebrate this time of year. We'll talk to you again in 2018. <laughs>